Israel is home to one of the most vibrant, forward-thinking food tech ecosystems in the world, which makes it a desirable innovation hub. In this podcast, we speak to the people driving the future of food, researchers, entrepreneurs, and venture capital investors. Welcome to Food Tech Stars with Karmit Oren and Merav Oren, co-founders at ACT Food Tech. Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Okay, before we start, let's have a toast to our first podcast, first Cheers. chapter of Food Tech Stars. Okay, so welcome to Food Tech Stars with Michelin star chef and co-founder at the Act Food Tech, Asaf Granit. We're doing this with collaboration of Food FM. We are Karmit Oron and Merav Oren, co-founders at the Act Food Tech, launching our first Food Tech Stars series, where we are going to talk to the most interesting people in the food tech ecosystem and hear from them about their thoughts, ideas, passions, and most important, about their journey. Today, we're excited to host our first guest. We are proud, very proud to call him our co-founder, Chef Asaf Grani. Woo! <laughs> He's an Israeli chef, restaurant, a TV presenter. In 2009, he founded the Mahne Yehuda restaurant together with his partner, Uri Navon, and the owner of the Palomar and Barbary restaurant in London. In addition to Balagan and Michelin-starred uh, restaurant Chabul in Paris, he also owns a restaurant, Hasadna, Yudale, Hadekel, and a wine bar in Jerusalem. In 2014, his restaurant, Ofek, 334 in London was chosen as the best restaurant in the city by GQ magazine. In the summer of 2018, he came in first place by the London magazine Time Out. In 2021, his restaurant Broken, which is Chabour in Paris, was awarded a Michelin star. In 2020, Asaf joins as a co-founder at Act Foodtech. He is now active in the Israeli scene of foodtech ecosystem. Asaf. You opened your flagship Machne Yehuda restaurant in Jerusalem in 2009. You were born and raised in Jerusalem, and the yes. city remains a huge influence to you. As a matter of fact, this is how we know, from Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So tell everybody else um, how Jerusalem is a part of your culinary story, and where did it all start? Well, the, the, our company, like the main company that holds all the restaurants in Israel and around the world is called JLM, after, after them words after the letters from the word Jerusalem so naturally it, it, it's there to show that everything we do in every dish that we cook in every restaurant we create the city is present and uh, I think uh, we call the cuisine that we cook modern day Jerusalem cuisine not even Israeli but Jerusalem because uh, both my partner and myself and, and all our chefs and other partners we were all born in the city and uh, being a kid in that city having experiences as a young boy and then growing up and eating food in other people's uh, kitchens and learning cultures from from friends uh, made made us into uh, Uh, very diverse chefs because this city is a microcosmos of, of the whole country of Israel and it, it's probably the most diverse city in the country and I think maybe in the world because so many different cultures living in the same small city next to each other, balcony to balcony creates a great bubbling melting pot of cultures and inside the culture of course you will find food so what we do is we do a, if, if people that came from 
out of the country into the city, into Jerusalem, immigrating for many reasons. Some of them are negative reasons, some of them positive reasons, but immigrating into the city and living next to other people, so they brought their food with them and their culture with them. Then their new home in the city in Jerusalem, they created their home and their new culture. So they, they did a take on their food from back home. And what we do is we take their, their take and we do another take. So basically we're doing take three on, on, on food that is originated from a different place, not from that city. And that's the beauty of, of that uh, crazy, diverse, uh, always on the edge city. Uh, what we try to do is to bring that, that, uh, that feeling into the plate to the customers. I think that what you do is uh, all the Mahneuda restaurants are, have a very special uh, atmosphere. And when you start, you're not a cook that went to all the schools and learned how to be a cook. And it, you started totally different. So if you can say a few words about how you started and how it became what it is. Because Machna Yoda, I think, in, in a way, really paved the way to very different kind of restaurants where everything's open, close. You feel yeah. your, your... Well, I started cooking by, by mistake. I mean, I wasn't planning on having a cooking career. So I was working as a, as a barista in a coffee place, and there was a chef missing. They asked me to help in the kitchen. <laughs> and I came in. They, they taught me, like, in 30 seconds to mix a salad. I did it, served it, and then I saw through the kitchen window the person eating the salad, smiling. And immediately I, I realized that, first of all, this is the best job ever because you can learn a skill in 30 seconds. That's amazing. And secondly, and most important, this, the whole essence of this very difficult uh, profession is to make people smile, is to influence positively on their day. So I, luckily I understood it in that split of a second with that stupid salad, that, that that's the essence of culinary and, and hospitality. And I went on a route on, on, on becoming a very knowledgeable and very experienced because I, I didn't know nothing then. I didn't know anything then. Then 10 years later when we decided to open a restaurant, then we, we felt that uh, restaurants are done in a technical way and not a, an emotional way. And we looked for uh, solutions. How would we create a restaurant that, that does not uh, separate the team from the customer that creates a, a combined experience? And we did it just by saying, okay, what's the problem? The chefs don't see the customers. We'll have an open kitchen. The waiters don't feel a part of the, on, of the atmosphere. We'll make it almost like a party. We'll make everybody connect to one another by a lot of uh, different techniques. And, and yeah, I think that's what created this revolution of uh, having a restaurant as an experience and not just the technical thing. You go, you eat, you pay, you live. So that was the story behind it. I love the story when we started as a barista, you know? Uh, it's like everything is possible, I did a, right? I did the crappy coffee back then. <laughs> no, but I, I love the story. It's kind of a Cinderella story. I was a bad barista. I, I, want, I want your chefs to, to hear you say that you can learn the skill in 30 seconds in the kitchen. You can. <laughs> One small skill in 30 yeah. seconds. Okay. Yeah. But I love it. I think you're a very good storyteller. That I learned yeah, lately. I was told. I think it's a good story. I was giving a lecture in a, in a high-tech company last week, and the CEO, she came to me and said, uh, so what do you like better, cooking or giving lectures? I thought, I love cooking more, but I actually like giving lectures. 
Then I started, it took like a, an hour and a half and I finished. And when I w- went off stage, she said, well, it looks like, <laughs> it looks like your lectures are better than your food. <laughs> it, it was a really good lecture. But I know the story. I know what you're going to do next, right? What? I know what you're going to do next. What am I going to do next? No, Not okay. only talk, but... Yeah, actually, uh, yeah, I'm anticipating a great career as a, an actor. As an actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. So I want to ask you, Asaf, looking back now at your own career, who were some of the key people who influenced you in your career and in what way? Uh, probably uh, my partner, Uri, which is... Uh, You know, having a partner for more than a decade is uh, like being married. It's even stronger. Uh, it's like, it's uh, almost un- unseparatable because uh, we've created so much together, but we are very different. So throughout the years when we were young chefs, now we were more mature and we have more, more responsibilities than we often, uh, we don't fight anymore, but we disagree a lot. And uh, from those disagreements and from those fights and from those uh, gaps of, of, of uh, perception of reality, because we are so different, we, we create a, a, a combined product. I bring my perception, he brings his. Sometimes they are so far away, but instead of fighting and separating, we combine them. Then we create a product that is more whole and more unique than just one. narrative because it combines two totally different people so we, for sure he will be one of them does he know that I think it's an amazing feedback yeah I think he knows that we often not often but when something big happen like like getting a Michelin star we we take a moment and we say, and we'll, we'll look back and say you know what that actually works that because when you when you're in it you think like Oh my God, we're like the worst company in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Who behaves like that? And then at the end of the day, it works. And I think my mother would be a very big influence on me. I mean, it's funny to say, but my mother, I think he, she's the reason that I'm so uh, methodical and so perfectionist. Uh, and, and the reason that I, I'm, I'm, I'm striving towards achievements all the time because she drove me there it's I'm, say, I, I'm saying it's funny because she's like the worst cook in the world ever it's, she has nothing to do with restaurants or with cooking or with hospitality it's not her world at all she comes from a totally different world but uh, the the values that she gave me as a young boy uh, st- they stuck and uh, yeah I'm gonna be crying because I'm a mom <laughs> and it's always um, you know I'm so related to this I want to see what I'm leaving with my kids yeah. always so it's for me it it's took me a while to understand, to understand that that, yeah. the, that the reason that I'm always trying more than the others that I'm not satisfied with just good but I'm achieving best is from hell you know I remember in one of your talks uh, you were talking about your mother that you said that every new restaurant that you open, You go and ask your parents, but I, I think you were talking about your mom, uh, will it work? And she always says that it will not work, and then it works. Yeah. So then you know that the next time when she says it's not going to work, we know it's going to be a good, uh, a good job. And we kept so it as a, as a jinx. Now, <laughs> that, now that she already believes in me and she thinks everything <laughs> I'll do will succeed, when I open a new restaurant, she comes in, 
looks around, it's, it's not, not going to work. work. <laughs> But I think it's a great tactic. <laughs> Only no, there. Then yeah. you have to show her it actually works. Prove yourself all the time. So is there any one piece of advice that you received that made an impact on how you work or how you see the world? It's tough to say. If, I mean, like I said, uh, for sure, Uri and my mother were a big influence on the way I, th- I see things and... Uh, trying to think what was uh, like a key moment that made me uh, change perspective I think maybe the, there was like a moment when we opened the restaurant the first one for the first time and people came in the door then I realized that basically this whole scary thing of uh, having a restaurant and, and uh, designing and thinking about the dishes but it all comes down to a very simple truth people walk in the door they sit down to eat if the food is good And you treat them nice they'll come back so at the end of the day when you talk about Michelin stars crazy restaurants putting in tons of money it comes down to a very simple equation and and once I understood it it actually gave me the strength to go in to go big and try to achieve other things because you always minimize it to a very simple phrase you tell your team when everybody gets super excited and scared What's going to happen with the new concept and the money we've put in and everything the new uh, the end of the day that's what you need to do you follow this golden rule and then you're there so actually I saw your picture in Wikipedia when I was looking at your uh, you know background yeah. and I saw your picture I think it was you were like 10 years ago or okay. something and I was thinking I was looking at the picture we'll talk about that later but and this brings me to the question what advice would you have to For your younger self the one that I saw 10 years ago in the picture which looks a bit different <laughs> than today actually I would show you the picture later no you don't I have you know to. you know what I the know picture what I'm picture referring you're to there's a specific moment there that uh, you're walking there's something that in your you know in your face something that tells a story I can uh, I have plenty of answers okay because I could get I could give myself a lot of advice but I think you looking back now with the places that uh, gave me the most pain that I suffered from the most which I want to relieve myself out of would be to choose wiser partners to be more uh, careful and specific before I share my ambition and talent with other people I think both Uri and myself we were uh, a bit uh, careless with choosing our partners and it cost us because we do everything emotionally separating for a partner is always something very emotional it hurts you it's like leaving a leaving a partner a life partner or a family member so if we, if we would have chosen wiser at the beginning we'll save a lot of heart heart pains so yeah probably that but that's easy to say in retro <laughs> so the bottom line is that restaurant experience as you said is really no longer not that it was ever but it's no longer going to be the experience of four walls right uh, what what do you see happening in restaurants in the next four or five years um, especially I, now after the covid and I think two things are going to happen uh, uh, which are the, are the opposites so I think we're going to see a very uh, a lot of room for them for their more uh, craft related restaurants the restaurants that are based on an ancient craft of of making uh, an amazing bread or proper meat or st- like st- stuff that are more less uh, technical oriented less modern so those places will have like their own p- 
special, their own special uh, place because the world is becoming so digital and everything is becoming uh, 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 very fast and very advanced. And those places that feel like romantic and very uh, old world will have their own place. I mean, it will be maybe places that are now updated, uh, that are undated, will become hip again because they have like the, a culture that you want to preserve. So that's one thing. And the second thing, naturally, as we see now, that uh, science and technology are, will go into that, into our, uh, into our uh, uh, profession ve- in a very deep way, in flavors, in techni- technicalities, in uh, uh, saving, ma- making food more uh, ecological, making food faster, making food uh, more uh, greener, better for the planet, and, and saving costs on labor. So... I think that's like the two opposite uh, narratives and they, they, they will both exist at the same time. They, they support each other. Actually, I agree. And because we're doing food tech and, you know, this is a platform that deals with the next trends of food tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just giving you our data is that according to McKinsey research, the restaurant industry will soon be automatic with 73% of routine food services activities to be substituted by robots by robotic alternative. So, you know, do you feel that there's a room in your kitchen for robots? Is yeah, have for sure. For the last 20 years, you can see more and more uh, advanced machines going into the kitchen, like the ki- some kitchens already look like a lab. And, uh, and, and if you use it properly, it, you can create an amazing product. And uh, going as far as robots cooking instead of chefs, I don't think we'll get there. But using robots to become more efficient and more precise and getting, uh, for sure, it's there. It's all, we're almost there. We have, I mean, there are machines in the kitchen that are half robots. We're, we'll get there. So I don't think it's going to replace the human experience uh, of, of a chef cooking, but it's going to support uh, chefs for sure. Okay. Amazing. And also, um, you know, all the f- a lot of the food tech today is talking about the alternative protein, alternative di- dairy, alternative meat, and so on. Uh, and we've met so much of those startups. And uh, last year, we also did uh, in the Women in Agri-Food competition, we had a, the winner did uh, alternative protein from chickpea. Um, how open are you and chefs around you, not only you and Mahnayuda, how do you feel about, you know, putting these things into the kitchen? Do you feel they are still, they are already ready for that? Because... There's a big difference between what they're working on and what's the so final thing. And the definitely and so the, the industry is moving very fast and, and maybe even f- too fast because it's uh, so, so many products in the market now and everybody is trying to get to, to be the, the pioneer and to, be, to have the first product that will be really a uh, 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 plant-based meat alternative. And we're not there flavor-wise. I mean, even the best product is not something that you can say is like the proper uh, substitute uh, there's a way to go but if the question is is there room for it of course there's room for it it's the future but uh, we, I don't I don't know a product that is there yet but people are working like crazy so we'll get there eventually okay so you have already also you know voted on this trend because you have the new uh, restaurant in Jerusalem Tzemach yeah. is in only vegan and uh, right food and uh, so I think you're there already yeah me me. I mean as a chef 
I think both understanding what the crowd wants and both also taking some responsibility uh, uh, also as a diner and as a chef I mean I'm not I'm not vegan and I'm not vegetarian but I'm definitely understanding that we need to 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 cut down on our on our uh, animal uh, uh, percentage in the menus uh, for many reasons for the planet and for our own health so that's the future and uh, we're there that's why we opened the vegetarian restaurant in Jerusalem and we're going to open one in Paris soon also stay tuned you can say this works so uh, speaking of Paris and the Michelin star in this really crazy year mm-hmm. so on a personal note first how does it feel not really when they tell you you got the Michelin star mm. like could you experience that could you uh, tell us about no I, I don't I didn't find the words <laughs> yet to <laughs> describe the feeling you have you're in such a high anticipation you don't sleep like for a month before every night it's like you visualize um, am I getting it am I not getting it it's like terrifying and then comes that moment when when you get the announcement and it's like uh, almost like there's a, a feeling of a huge relief and at the same time a burst of excitement so it's like this can you say also understanding that life will not be the same? Really? I, uh, I mean, yeah. Because I wanted to ask, how's your life now? I mean, how did it change the, your life? We, uh, I mean, we were successful before, so it's not like it's made us. It's like it's a good stamp to have, and it opens up new markets for you, and it's a, it's a great uh, valid, validification, but uh, it's not career-changing. It, it is career-changing, but it's not like business-changing. Uh, but like uh, for me I don't there's like when you open up the conversation you can say a Michelin star chef uh, for me it sounds like me <laughs> are they talking about me? me who are they talking about I think it's your charm by the way yeah, I'm yeah not, I agree it seems there's a charm by, by saying that right yeah. it's uh, but it's true I'm like I'm I keep forgetting it. That's why I got it tattooed on my on my <laughs> arm. You did? I have you did? The, we were. I have the the date of the oh, that okay. I got it. It's the hand uh, the handwriting of of my sous chef. Mm-hmm. She wrote it and sent it to me in a picture, and I gave it to my tattoo guy, and he did cool. it with the with the restaurant logo. Uh-huh. So every time I'm, I like look at the phone or the watch and I sit I have a Michelin star. So I want to just conclude and maybe uh, with a few words about what we're doing here. And uh, Israel is a home to one of the most vibrant, forward-thinking food tech ecosystem in the world, which makes it a desirable innovation hub. It is at this podcast, Food Tech Stories by Act Food Tech. And we're hosting the people who's, who are actually driving the future of food restaurant chefs entrepreneurs venture capitalists investors and we're so happy to do that so thank you so much Asaf, for being My here pleasure. today yeah, with so us so much fun this is so much fun so much pleasure yes. so thank let's have a much. toast for the end and yeah, it's like uh, being on a flight yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> if you would just see us now not only listen so oh, cheers thank you so much here. cheers thank you hi behind To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. You're listening to Food Tech Stars, powered by ACT Food Tech.